Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have within you the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, being the artists of our lives. Before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of Lucis Trust, and the Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey also wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. The creative ability of the future will emerge on a relatively large scale in the realm of creative living, and not so much in the realm of creative art. Creative living produces beauty and harmony in the outer life, so that others can see the achievement. This seems to suggest that uh, to live creatively has a broad application, not just creating artistic works. Can you say more about that? Yes, it's uh, an idea that comes from the um, uh, spiritual teaching, not only of Alice Bailey, but I think it's a concept that's deeply embedded in Buddhism, maybe in many spiritual traditions, that whatever your life circumstances are, your approach to them and the way you regard them and your response to them are an opportunity to create something positive and beneficial to the soul or not and um, that's the challenge of dealing particularly when circumstances are difficult when things are really going beautifully swimmingly that also is an opportunity to create something and not necessarily for the good if we take wealth and fame and uh, so on for granted and uh, exploited and are exploited by it we're not living very creatively we're being manipulated by those circumstances too but generally when people are facing hardship or difficulties 
Then they start asking the question, why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? How do I get myself out of this? And that's uh, the challenge uh, that becomes potentially full of creativity. If you look at it, our, our present circumstances represent our karma, what we've inherited uh, in earned merit, you could say. Sometimes uh, the circumstances we're dealing with might trace back to previous lifetimes and we have no recollection of them. We can't always know. But I think it's fairly safe to say that our present circumstances reflect the state of our consciousness. So that implies that all that we need in order to move forward in consciousness is available to us and that it's present in our particular circumstances now we're at the right point where we are now to move forward yes you have to remember that the soul has placed you in this life in your present lifetime for a specific purpose uh, it's placed you in this particular family group or in this particular country in this particular uh, nationality whatever and for a good reason. It's not by accident that you're here where you are. So, um, and you come in with all of this, this baggage that you might have um, uh, created in previous existences. And quite often the soul does it deliberately, I think, just to uh, balance out and, and uh, create a, a more harmonious existence for uh, the uh, existence in the pers in the physical world, so it uh, uh, we have to start where you are with what you have, and work from there. And you have to accept it, and you don't have to just stop and not do anything, because um, the, the challenge is is to pick up where you are and uh, to move on. I think most people have a tendency to focus on the past, which evokes feelings of pride or regret, or to focus on the future, which then evokes attitudes of um, hope, anticipation, or maybe dread. But really all we have is the present. That's all we've got, the present moment. And when we accept our present circumstances, our limitations, our opportunities, all of it, as just right, that somehow liberates us to see the way ahead. It isn't necessarily a negative or passive attitude of giving up. It's simply saying, I accept this because somehow, perhaps for reasons I can't understand, this is right for me. This, this contains the milieu in which my soul, my consciousness can express itself. And if you start living that way, it can really be quite transformative. In fact, I heard recently about a, a technique that's been um, talked about on television quite a lot of wearing a, some kind of a rubber band around your wrist and using it as a reminder every time you complain to snap the band <laughs> so that you become aware of how much you complain and gripe about life. Well, I haven't had the courage yet to put one on. No, but it's a, it's, it's a nice 
technique because it makes people more mindful of how much they gripe about their circumstances. Yeah. You might end up with a very sore <laughs> wrist. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, it's just making you more aware of your attitude and of what whiners many of us are. Well, I know, and uh, to think so many think that why is this all happening to me? It's so unjust, and uh, the response would be, why not you? Well, yes. Why not you? I mean, <laughs> why, why somebody, somebody else? else? So, uh, because uh, you have probably set certain energies and forces in motion that have created the situation in the first place, and that's what we have to realize that um, so much of what we create in the world uh, does lead to problems. It does lead to difficulties for us because uh, it may be a creation of some kind based on desire for uh, something imagined that uh, you want to be and it just isn't right for you to begin with. So uh, you end up having going through a lot of pain and suffering because of it. I don't think, though, that circumstances that most of us would consider unfortunate necessarily are punishment. I'm thinking of a friend I had who became uh, nearly blind in her old age. She was a wonderful person and deeply spiritual. I don't think it was punishment that she lost her vision because, in fact, she was an artist. So you can imagine what a blow that must have been for her. But she accepted her circumstances with a very positive attitude and with a real desire to understand the cause of it and the significance of it. That isn't the same as saying, I've been bad and I've lost my sight. This is my punishment. Um, I think she found that she was developing different resources as a result. More intuition, perhaps. Someone who loses their hearing, perhaps they learn to hear the voice of the silence, the voice of the soul on an inner level. We don't know, but I guess my point is we shouldn't regard these problems as punishment. I don't think a benign and just God deals in punishment, but he seeks our expansion of consciousness, and sometimes unpleasant circumstances can be very constructive that way. Yes, I'm thinking, you know, the classic case of of Beethoven who lost his hearing, and he he wrote some of the greatest music he ever wrote after he lost his hearing. Mm -hmm. He couldn't hear a note of it. Not in spite of it, but perhaps because of it. Because of it, he could hear it on his inner ear, and he knew what it sounded like. Probably better than the actual performance, but uh, yeah. uh, so it is a challenge to um, uh, make use of all your other senses and rely on that inner those inner resources of the soul to uh, carry you through. Mm-hmm. It's it's a challenge for Americans because our Declaration of Independence promises us the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So we are raised to think that life guarantees our right to pursue happiness. And yet happiness can be quite superficial and for most of us probably quite indulgent of the personality, not necessarily expressive of the soul's goals. So we think 
if we're not happy, something must have gone wrong. We must have done something wrong. We must have made a mistake because our, our own Declaration of Independence says we should be happy. But spiritually, I think there's another way to look at this. We aren't necessarily going to go out and cultivate crises or tests and challenges. Of course, we prefer happiness and comfort. But we can say when these crises and tests come that they have in them the germ of something potentially constructive. They have something they can teach us. And Alice Bailey says there are basically three classes of people, of temperaments, that fall into um, different views on this whole premise. She said there are those who are unconsciously gaining experience but they're so engrossed in the results of the experience that they remain unaware of the inner objectives, the inner significance of what they're going through. And then there are those people that are dimly awakening to life and events, knowing that they can't escape from them, but they are aware slightly that there is something they can learn from those experiences that will enrich their lives might intensify their ability to be sensitive, might develop some quality or character trait. And then there are those people, rare ones, who are awakened to the purpose of experience and are bringing, she says, to every event an intelligent power to extract from the happenings to which they are subjected some gain to the life of the soul. I love that idea that they live with the understanding that everything offers some gain to the life of the soul. Absolutely, and that's, that's the whole purpose behind the work that we do in the world. We have to always bear in mind that it is the soul at work. It is not this outer personality that really matters that much because the personality has to reflect ultimately has to reflect the inner light and love of the soul into the world. And that's where all the beauty of creativeness comes in. That's when, when uh, the energy of love and light begin to circulate throughout human consciousness and throughout the, the creative capacities of human beings that uh, the light begins to shine throughout the world and that that's uh, really the objective of the soul for those people who just tuned in you're listening to inner sight our topic for today being the artists of our lives we have a special offer from Lucis publishing company and that's the alice belly book ponder on this ponder on this is a compilation of extracts from all 24 four books by Alice Bailey. It's available for $19, free shipping and handling, if you mention that you heard about the office offer on Inner Sight. <coughs> so what you need to do is send a check or money order, $19, to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's uh, a check or money order, $19, ask for, ponder on this. Mention that you heard about it on Inner Sight. Send the check or money order to Lucis Publishing, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And if you need to get in t- contact with us for any reason whatsoever, 
You can do so on our toll-free number, which is 1-866-695-8247. Many people who call us up uh, would like a general package of information and uh, describing what Lucis Trust is and probably one of the... Um, primary um, questions that we have is, is Lucid's Trust it's a, a religion? And no, it's not a religion. It's um, a group of people who are, the commonality involved is that they all read the books of Alice Bailey. And uh, many times there are meetings, conferences, seminars where they talk about the values within those books. So once again, one 695 8247 The easy way to remember it, one 866 New York Lucis, think of one eight six six NY Lucis, New York Lucis. All of our Innocite programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the home page, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website also so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. Uh, I'm listening to the show, and I, I can't help but relate it to my own experience. Uh, I don't want to get personal, but basically uh, uh, years ago I went through an extremely difficult experience that went on for months and months and months. And uh, uh, let me see if I got this right. But what I'm looking at in this show is that at the end of that experience, now looking back, I, I learned so much spiritually, I changed so much. I wouldn't want to let go of that experience uh, for any amount of money, but I would never want to repeat it. But mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a very different person in a positive way mm-hmm. as a result of it today. Mm-hmm. Is that more or less what you're saying when you yes. talk about this? Yes. Uh, how many times have you heard someone who um, dealt with a really serious illness, for instance, and that, of course, for any of us, would be something we would never choose. And you would hope to get over it and put it behind you, and yet they'll say it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It's quite an astonishing statement. For example, a heart attack or cancer. Of course, those are awfully uh, severe tests. And yet people come out of them saying it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it transformed them. It opened up something in their consciousness. It, it revealed some kind of tenderizing influence. I think pain is the great tenderizer. And when we suffer, when we go through real pain, it, it um, tenderizes our heart. It brings mercy. It brings patience, understanding of the suffering of others. Those are beautiful lessons, and uh, we can only be grateful for them. And even though the circumstances that provided us those lessons are atrocious, somehow we have to train ourselves to learn more through joy and happiness and not be so selfish about it. Not be so selfish, yes. I think it's uh, that's kind of the key to the release of all of this energy of the soul is get just a little self out of the way and realize that you're not the most important thing in the world. What? And <laughs> just, just stand back and and let these soul qualities come through you. And maybe that's what was released in all this pain that people have when they undergo this kind of suffering from, say, a heart attack or some kind of catastrophic illness 
that uh, the pain kind of releases so much. Uh, it gets the little self out of the way and you perhaps you understand the preciousness of life and the, how creative life can be all the more because of that experience. So it does, as you say, tenderize one, but it allows that soul energy to come through that might not have otherwise. Mm-hmm. There are other examples like that. Uh, people who lose their job that would certainly be a crisis and unfortunately it's happening too often today and yet many people will look back at such an event and say I never would have made the change in my life if that hadn't happened to me and they can look back and see that they made a major um, change in the direction of their life perhaps uh, got new training, made a major move, took up a whole new line of work and that it led to something better, more constructive, um, something that um, they felt more um, a member of, uh, a contributing member of society as a result of having lost the foundation of their job. People who go through a severe disillusionment or betrayal, which are extremely painful, will say later on, looking back, it's as if I woke up out of a dream and they see life and people more clearly as a result. These are all positive examples of dealing with very unfortunate circumstances. Right, it's, it's a, the great testing and lessons that uh, we, we learn in life. And uh, I, as I said earlier before, I think it, a lot has to do with where the soul places us in a particular lifetime. Uh, it's, it's quite often uh, the early part of the life is a recapitulation of where you were before, of what kind of similar circumstances you went through, at least in terms of the qualities. And then after a certain age, in your 20s or so, you begin to branch out and work beyond that stage and into something entirely new. And all of this is coming, this great potential is coming from within you. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of reach down and, and realize that's where the creative capacity lies within each one of us. Well, that's, uh, that's interesting that you say that because coming back to that idea I quoted from the books of Alice Bailey that there is no circumstance that does not offer some gain to the life of the soul she said that we have to extract from our circumstances, from the happenings to which we're subjected, some gain to the life of the soul. And I thought about the word extract. Why does she say we have to extract? So I went to my dictionary, and it's as if we have to be a miner or a dentist, because both terms apply to what you call going within, looking for the gem that's embedded in the solid, in the solid of our personality, deep within every one of us. There's a a gem, a, a nucleus of spiritual being that is masked by the personality, masked by our ego, by our sense of separateness from all other living beings by our ambitions, our fears, our pride, our inferiority, all of that. But deep within us there is this gem of spiritual vitality. 
And the, the books of Alice Bailey, I think everyone who studies them would agree, are very precise in their use of language. So extract means to pull out forcibly, like a tooth. You have a tooth abstracted. Or it means to obtain by much effort from someone unwilling, as in the payment of a debt. And it's also a solution of essential components from a complex material. Maybe that's the best definition. The essential components that are distilled out of a complex material, out of all the complexity of our personality life, all the paraphernalia of uh, living as a human being in the world, the soul is trying to identify just a few inherent components in a particular lifetime, a capacity to love, a capacity to endure, a capacity to seek out the light. Those are simple things that the soul is trying to awaken. Right, and that goes to the very heart of the purpose of the soul in the first place, is to create in this world a, a world that radiates light, a lighted world. And when all souls can cooperate and work together in creating that light and bringing through that gem of light and the quality of that light, uh, then you will see a much more lighted world. And that depends, that comes about by building relationships because beauty comes with harmonious relationships. And when there are harmonious relationships, then the energy of love and light will flow more freely and uh, that's when the light begins to shine. I've always loved a statement from um, an old mystic of the, what, the 14th century, Julian of Norwich, a nun who had herself walled up in a convent so she could focus her mind on God and nothing else. And she wrote a, a journal, which is very well known in mystic circles, in which she said, all shall be well and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. And those words feature in one the fourth uh, of T.S. Eliot's Four Quartets, which is called Little Gidding, which interestingly he wrote in 1942 in the depths of World War II when things looked so dark, so negative, so hopeless for many people. And he was living in England where things were really bad. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. It expresses the fact of spiritual positivity, no matter what's going on in the life, that there is something good working out, whatever our circumstances are. To moan and complain is pointless, and it also works against what the soul is trying to achieve. Right, all that moaning and complaining, it just sets up barriers. Mm -hmm. It sets up... Uh, um, you know, emotional thought forms Resistance. that get in the way to this uh, the uh, spontaneous flow of the energy of the soul. The soul is working in a productive way, little as we might um, realize it in, in difficult times, but it, from its point of view, it is working towards something more positive, more productive. And if we can look for that and mine it for all it's worth, we can transform our circumstances. To me, it's a very creative approach to life. 
Please take advantage of the special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Ponder on This. Ponder on This is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey. It's available for $19 as free shipping and handling if you mention that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. So what you need to do if you'd like to take advantage of the offer is send a check or money order, $19, mention that you want to get the book, Ponder on This by Alice Bailey, and that you heard about it on Inner Sight. So once again, free shipping and handling if you mention that. I'll send check or money order $19 to Lucis Publishing, Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. any of the 40 Austin area O'Reilly Auto Parts stores where you'll find everyday low prices on the parts you need to keep your vehicle at its best. Our guaranteed low prices ensure you're always getting our best deal. In fact, we'll match any auto parts store's price on any like item. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.